Psalm 127. Psalm 127. And uh, while you're turning there and they're, they're passing out the outlines, I failed to mention we're going to pass around during the Sunday school hour a sign-up sheet for our Vacation Bible School snacks. And uh, we've got uh, Anna and uh, Mrs. Flynn are helping us with the snacks. And so on here, it's uh, specifically listed on what and how, what the quantities, and uh, you may want to take one line, two lines, or whatever, but if you can keep this moving, these are things that we're, they're going to make treats for the boys and girls during Vacation Bible School, and so uh, keep this moving around if you can, like if it gets to the end of one section, and then just move it to the middle section, and then over to this section over here, all right? And so I appreciate your help with our Vacation Bible School. going to be a great, great time, and Psalm 127 this morning we're starting a brand new series. Now, you might be sitting here thinking, you know, okay, the lesson this morning is Guardians of God's Heritage, and it deals with children. And I realized, and I knew this before I started this series, not every one of these lessons is necessarily about children, but I find this, that no matter where you're at, whatever stage of life, whether you have children at home, whether your children are grown, whether you have an empty nest, maybe you don't have children, I feel that there are some great principles in here. What you need to say is, Lord, whatever you want me to learn and take away from each one of these lessons, that's what I want to get. I find that every message that I hear in, in church, that I get something. You know why? Because I'm looking for something. And this morning, if you'll listen to the lesson and listen to the Word of God, I believe God will give you something. And so don't think, well, listen, this is a message just if you have children because it's not, all right? Now look at Psalm 127, just five verses. Great five verses, though. Verse number one, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it, except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Let me just stop right there and say so many Christians lay awake at night worrying about this and that and everything else. I'm going to tell you, I am so glad that God blessed me with the spiritual gift of sleep. <laughs> I, I, listen, and I, if, that's, if, you, if you struggle in that area, listen, I'm not down on you. I'm just telling you what the Bible says here, that the Lord giveth his beloved sleep. What you need to learn to do is just give it to God, all right? Just say, Lord, I can't, this is beyond my control, and just say, Lord, help me have a good night's sleep tonight, and just go to bed, all right? Now look at verse number three. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. His arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gates. Now, Here's what I find is, is children really are a blessing. They really are. Now, sometimes you'd think as a parent, they're sometimes pastor, they're not much of a blessing, but they are a blessing. And, and what I understand from the word of God, and I understood this before I actually had children, was this, is that God has given them to me to be a guardian for him. You'll see this in the Word of God this morning, but one of the saddest things that I see, and I see this often, is how neglected children are in society today. You know, there's so many people that really would love to have children, and then there are people that have children but neglect them. And you think to yourself, 
listen, you know, can't we work something out here? I mean, these people over here would love to have children. I was looking at some statistics. Listen to this. 24 million children in America live in a home without a father. That's one in three children live in a home without a father. 40% of all babies born in the United States in the year 2011, which this is six years ago, the number is probably much higher, but 40% of babies born in America were born to unmarried mothers. As many children are being cared for by grandparents are, as there are by single fathers. My, my, my wife's uh, father and mother, uh, my mo uh, father and mother-in-law, they, they raised their grandchildren uh, you know, when they were in their 50s, going into their 60s. It's amazing how many grandparents are raising their grandchildren. And uh, it, listen to this, today as high as 70% of young adults leave the faith of their parents. As high as 70% leave the faith of their parents. Too often Christian heritage is not being passed down from one generation to another. Now, listen, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about this because, it look, it has to be something that's real to us. In other words, your children or your children's children have to see how much it means to you, how dear your faith in Christ is, or they're going to say, look, I, I see the hypocrisy in the home, and I don't want nothing to do with that. I don't want to be that way with my own children. Those of us that are parents, we understand from the Word of God that we've been entrusted by God to care for our children. We've all heard the verse. We'll look at this this morning. The Bible says to bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Now, you think about those words there because nurturing a child, the admonishing of a child, look, can I, I can just tell you if, you, if you have children, you know this is true. It can be a tremendous amount of work. You know, and a lot of people, we tell people all the time as pastors, as, as, a, as a minister of the gospel, you know, look, you shouldn't enter into marriage lightly. But we also try to help them understand that, listen, it, you know, children can, you know, it, our home, you know, uh, I think back to those PK days pre-kid days, you know, I, we used to bowl, we used to do this, we used to do that, and I'm not saying that everything went bad when we started having children, but you bring children into a home and the home changes, you know, and there's, it, it requires a lot of work, a tremendous amount, it takes work to make a home work, and that's what this series is about, is making home work. That's what you have to be determined is, I want to make our homework. Now, you know, when, when I think about school, you know, if we're going to take that words homework, uh, a lot of times children don't like when the teacher gives them homework. You know, I mean, they're like, hey, listen, why can't we just do it at school and not have to take something home? But what homework does is it reinforces everything that's been taught throughout the day. And what you and I want to do in this series is look at biblical principles because we're living in a society, listen, a society, not your home. Your home doesn't have to be this way. We're living in a broken society. And what we need is biblical principles 
to build our lives, to build our homes, to help our children. And in some cases, our children's children. So God wants to help us. And that's what I want you to see as we start this first lesson is, if we're going to make home work, then we have to see how it is God wants to help us. So here's the first point. Write it down. This morning is the gift of a child. Verse number three says it this way. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is His reward. Children are a, a privilege. They're a responsibility all rolled up into one. Uh, our children, and look here, they might bear your name. Your blood might flow through their veins, but God gave them to you. Let me say that again. God gave them. I'll never forget. I won't tell the whole story. I've told it before. But when our first child was born and she had uh, a series of operations, but I remember the first one was two hours after she was born. I had no idea if she was going to survive. The doctor gave me a, a clipboard with a piece of paper and asked me to sign this. I said, what am I signing? He says, you're giving me permission to do whatever needs to be done to your child in the, emergency, in the operating room. And I, I remember this thought, Lord, you gave her to us. And if, if, if you want her, then God, I have perfect peace. Because even Job said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. See, my children are not mine. They have my last name. I'm their earthly father. But they are really God's. And when you realize that, it'll change the way you steward your children. The way you steward their lives how you train them. Notice a couple things. Children, first of all, are the possession of the Lord. Again, the Bible says children are an heritage of the Lord. We're stewarding them. Jeremiah put it this way, and by the way, it's not Jeremiah's words, it's God's words, but Jeremiah said, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, and because thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctify thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. I mean, look, long before a child is even born. That's why I believe in the sanctity of a life long before. Look, life begins at conception, folks. It doesn't matter what the world wants to teach. Uh, they've proven over and over again that children are aware. They know what's going on. You know, there's a lot of wicked people in the world today that are, that are murdering unborn babies. And understand this morning that children are a possession and it isn't God's goal for every child. And a lot of times people think when you, when you teach on something like this, well, pastor, you're just trying to get my child into the ministry. No, God doesn't want every child to be in the ministry, but God wants every child to know him, to love him, and to serve him. You know, it's a, it's a joy for me to have three of my children in full-time Christian service, but we never pushed our kids into ministry. Our prayer was, if that's what God wanted, then so be it. But, you know, again, now our youngest child serves here in this church. She's teaching Sunday school right now in a classroom back here in the back. Some of your children are in her class. That brings great joy. And I, I don't think to myself, well, my three kids are in ministry. My other one's just kind of here. No, no, no. She's serving the Lord here in the local church. See, that's what God wants us to understand is that our children are to know God and follow His purpose. Notice letter B, children are a gift from the Lord. That's what the Bible says here in verse number 3. It says, and the fruit of the womb is His 
reward. The Bible shows us God's heart for the unborn child. Look at in your notes, Psalm 139, verse 13. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and thy soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. I mean, folks, listen. Sometimes, you know, you, you see, uh, you know, it starts when they're so young. Uh, they're not happy with who they are. You know, people nowadays going out and having surgeries to alter their body. And, and folks, listen, look what the Bible says. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God made you. Now, you know, look, over the years, God doesn't make the excess that I put on my body. That's not God. But, but listen, if I don't like my nose, then I got a problem with God. God gave me this nose. You know, if I don't like my, the color of my eyes, God gave me these eyes. I'm fearfully and wonder. Everything that God makes is good. And we have to see how important it is that children belong to God and they are the gift of God. So, look, a child is a gift, but what do you do with that gift? Well, notice, secondly, what do we do with the gift? We have to guard that gift, the guardianship of a child. Look at verse number one. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh uh, but in vain. See, we, we all want to build a house that will last. I mean, if you're going to build a house, you're going to say, listen, I'm not going to skimp on materials. I want to make sure that I, I've got a good foundation. Because who in their right mind would want to build a house and just see the first storm come along and knock it down, right? You want that house to last. Well, listen, why is it that when it comes to the family that we skimp? I want a family that's going to stand the test of time. I want a family that's going to stand strong when the first storm comes along in their lives. We have to see how important it is to build on a foundation that's stormproof. Look what it says here, and Jesus said in Matthew 7, 24, Where, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, there's the key right there, hearing, not just being a hearer of the word, but being a doer. Here's what Jesus said, I will liken him unto what kind of man? A wise man. That build his house upon a what? Upon a rock. The rains descended, floods came, wind blew, beat upon that house, and it fell not. It was founded upon a rock. Everyone that heareth these things of mine, and notice the other aspect is, doeth them not. It says, everyone that heareth these things of mine, doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. The rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew, beat upon the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. <clears throat> the other day we took our... Our, our granddaughters, and we went down to the, the beach and <clears throat> that we were walking along the, the boardwalk there and with the whole family. And of course, being a good grandpa, I said, Brooklyn, let's go down to the water. So they were all standing there. I took my granddaughter and we went down across the beach and we went down to the water's edge <clears throat> and I took her, took her shoes off so they wouldn't get wet. <clears throat> and, I, and, and of course, you know, she wasn't content just standing at the water's edge. So she wanted to walk out a little bit there and there was a little bit of water, it was about that deep. She was standing there and, and the next wave came in and I go, look at that, look at the wave. And so, you know, I thought, well, this is, this is a Kodak moment. So I took my phone out of my pocket, much, much less as I grabbed my phone to, to focus in and get the picture 
the wave came in and where she was standing, the sand under her feet washed out and she sat down right in the water. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to get in trouble with that one right there. You know? My daughter's going to be like, way to go, Grandpa. You know? But listen, that's exactly what ha happens when we build our lives on the wrong foundation. Is the storms come and what we built upon is sinking sand. And we have to learn that God's given us children and what are we to do? Well, we're to protect them. We're to guard them. Can I just ask you this question rhetorically? If you don't guard them, who will? Because the world won't. Here's one aspect. Look at this, letter A. Notice God's protection, His protection for marriage. God's, God's design, <clears throat> study the Bible, we're Christians today, is a man and a woman should have children and raise them for the glory of God. That's God's design. Uh, the Bible says in the book of Genesis that he created man, and he said this, it's not good for Adam to be alone. You know, it's not good for man to be alone. And so what he did was he took from Adam, and he created the woman, and he brought the woman unto the man. Now the Bible says in Genesis 2 and verse 22, look at this, the rib that the Lord God had taken from man, he made a woman and brought her unto the man, and Adam said, this is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother, shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Now listen, listen to me. As you and I raise our children, what we have to do in this broken society is we have to honor our relationship with our spouse. That's why, that's why I'm standing up here talking about a couple's retreat. Is if we don't model in front of our children what a marriage, what a relationship in the sight of God is, the world will not. You with me this morning? I mean, seriously. The world has redefined the relationship, the home, marriage. And we need to see how important it is that fathers love their mothers, the, the mothers of these children, and that the mothers, according to the Word of God, would submit to the husband. The Word of God is clear that the Bible has to be our foundation. If we're going to protect our children, one way to protect them is to protect them in the area of marriage. But then notice letter B, we also need to protect our children, His protection for children. We've got to guard their hearts, and their minds. I mean, listen, little minds and little hearts can be so infected with wrong things. Do you, listen, some of the stuff I was just talking about, some of you already know this. Many years ago in the public school system, they started introducing little cute reader books in first and second grade about people of the same sex being a husband and wife, and they're giving these to first and second grade children because what they're doing is desensitizing children so that children, the next generation is grow up, gonna grow up believing that's normal. Listen, the devil knows exactly what he's doing, folks. We've gotta protect our children 
uh, listen, I want to give you, and I want you to get this down and not just write it down, but I want you to take this to heart, some necessary components of a home that has a solid foundation. I think this would be good for every one of us to say, Pastor, that's the kind of home that I want to have is a home with a solid foundation. Here's five things, and we're going to start at the bottom. If we're going to build a house, you got to put the foundation in first, right? So here we go. First thing, write it down, is the foundation of scriptural truth. Those of you that have children, especially young children right now, I applaud you for having your children in church this morning. Because what you're doing is you're building a foundation of scriptural truth. Deuteronomy 6, look at this. By the way, these two verses and many others are not for the church, they're for the home because long before Jesus established the church, God instituted the home. Look at these verses. These words, God's words, which I command thee this day, shall be first, mom and dad, in thine heart. Boy, that, that changed the home right there if God's word was in mom and daddy's heart. And then it says, look at this, thou shalt then, what's in your heart, teach them what's in your heart diligently unto thy children, and shall talk of them when thou sittest in thy house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, when thou risest up. Can I tell you, you can't talk about the Bible if you're not reading the Bible. If it's not in your heart, it's kind of hard to share something that you don't have. You with me? Look, we talk about everything but the Bible. And what we've got to have to have a strong home is we've got to build it on the right foundation, and that foundation is the Word of God. Learn to read the Bible with your family. We used to do this all the time, and it's a good thing to do. So we have the foundation of scriptural truth. Well, along with that, here's another part of the foundation. Number two, the foundation of loving acceptance. Because look, just to have the Bible, and I've seen these kind of parents, and look, don't misunderstand me. Bible thumping your kids is not the way to do it. Now, they need to know Bible. They need to know scriptural truth. But there needs to be a balance of love. And we need to see this in the home. Uh, Paul wrote to those in Thessalonica. He said, we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherished their children. There needs to be along the way affirmations of love, ways of showing our children how much we love them. Look, even if you didn't receive love as a child, Learn to love your children. My dad, was not, my dad was not an affectionate kind of person, you know? But look, that didn't stop me from showing my children how I love them, you know? And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, some men, it's like, well, I just, I, I, don't, I don't kiss anybody, I don't hug anybody. Oh, get over yourself. Learn to hug your children. Learn to give them a kiss. Embarrass the snot out of them. You know, I love to do that with my kids. Because I'm going to tell you, someday they're going to wish they had dad around. And I want my children to know. I don't want them just to think, boy, I sure hope my dad loved me. I want them to know that I love them. And as a parent, we've got to have a foundation of loving acceptance. Listen, a lot of homes have rules, don't they? I mean, I've been in a lot of homes rules, some very strong rules. And look, you can have rules, but you've got to have love with those rules. Somebody said a long time ago, rules without a relationship breeds rebellion. You've got to have something in that foundation along with scriptural truth. There's got to be 
loving acceptance. All right? So look here. We've got the foundation, scriptural truth, loving acceptance. Now, what are we going to build on that foundation? Here's the next thing. If we're going to have a home that has a solid foundation, here's the first pillar we're going to set up. A pillar of time and nurture. Time and nurture. Remember, we're going to raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And look, do you know how you spell love? Some of you are like, yeah, L-O-V-E. No, it's T-I-M-E. Love is spelled T-I-M-E. If you love them, now look, I know, uh, all of us, you, you, you work all day, you've been dealing with the boss, you've been dealing with customers, you've been this and that, and, and you get home at the end of the day, and guess what? We just want to do nothing. You don't get that right when you have children. You need, your children never stop. My granddaughter, she went all day, she's two years old, went all day yesterday, never took a nap. I'm like, Grandpa wants one, you know, but she, she never took a nap. She just didn't, my wife's like, she doesn't stop. And it just, it's, it's endless sometimes with our children, but we've got to see this matter of nurturing. Think about this. This is a real life statistic. This might surprise you. It really got me. Listen, the average parent spends less than 36 minutes a day with their children, and that includes time in front of the television. So really, honestly, you're just basically not spending. Now, you know what that means? If you're not spending time with your kids, someone is. Someone's spending time with your kids. Someone's teaching your child. Someone's putting something in your child's heart. Someone's putting something in your child's mind. And a lot of parents, if they would just wake up and realize God has given those children to us to nurture him for him. You see, we struggle with uh, this matter of time, but God commands us. Look at Ephesians 6, 4. We need to nurture our children. It says, fathers, provoke not your children to wrath and bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. When you, when you ignore spending time with your children, you know what happens? Your children learn to resent you. They become angry with you because it's a cry from them saying, I want to be with you. Boy, listen, some, some parents, they, they miss that. And what happens is, is though that time's gone. And then, watch this. Is this not true? Then they become teenagers and you want to spend time with them, but then they don't want to spend time with you. But guess what you can't do? You can't turn back the clock. There has to be a pillar of time in nurture. Be careful, listen, especially us dads. Be careful about discipline. And by the way, there needs to be discipline in the life of a child, but be careful about discipline without love. I tried. I, didn't, I wasn't always successful. I tried with my children when they did something. I tried to help them understand what they did wrong. And then, of course, there was always the punishment but then I always tried to love them. You know, it's, it's kind of hard. That's why, uh, and my children don't like it, I still have the paddle at home. Uh, you know, my children are grown, and I still threaten I'm going to get it out one of these days and just <laughs> warm it up again, you know. I, I, I still have it. Because look here, it's honestly, the Bible talks about spare not the rod. And there's a lot of discussion about what the rod is. For me, my children were dis disobeying one day, and I was building a house for my wife and my family, and uh, I had a bunch of trim that was piled up, and I was cutting trim to go inside of the door jams. 
and it was one by material. Now, it wasn't oak. It wasn't like super hard wood, but it was still wood. And uh, my children were misbehaving, and I told them, I said, now listen, if y'all don't stop, because there was a bunch of tools out and stuff, I said, if you don't stop, I said, I'm going to grab one of those pieces of wood right there. I'm going to make a paddle. And they just kept it up. They kept it up. And so you ask them. I grabbed one of those one-by-sixes, and I made a paddle. And that's what we use because I don't like using the same hand that you love them with to discipline them with. I wanted there to be a disconnect. But they understood what that paddle was. I, I can say, look here, and you, we can laugh and joke as parents. I never enjoyed disciplining my children. But it was my God-given responsibility. And so, look, we have to see that upon that foundation of of, of the word of God and loving acceptance is first pillar is time and nurture. And then second pillar is loving admonition because the Bible says, bring them up in the nurture and admonition. You know what admonition means? Instruction. Don't just always discipline your children. Teach them what they did wrong. Teach them how to do things right. That's what the word of God tells us uh, I, I need to, to model that in front of my children. I need to make sure that my life is matching at home and at church, that my children see the right kind of example. Look, if we're going to give our children loving admonition, we have to teach them. And the ways we teach our children, watch this, are by our words, by our attitudes, and by our actions. But out of those three things, you know what the children learn from the most? our attitudes, and our actions. They're watching everything we do. They're watching the way we do it, how we do it, the, the way we respond. And so we've got, look here, on that foundation of truth and love, we got two pillars that we have established, which is nurture and admonition. Now, what we need is one last thing. We need a rooftop. So look at the fifth thing is, is we need a rooftop of biblical authority. God gave us our children that God wants us to protect them, to be the authority in their lives. And look, God expects not only us to be the authority, but you know what he expects? And this will, this, this will change a lot of homes. He expects children to obey. Does not the Bible say, children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right? I use that verse a lot on my children, you know, just to try to help them understand that, listen, this is what God's given to me, and what God's given to you is to obey the authority that God has placed in your life. And we need to see this. Children, a lot of times, don't always obey authority. And that's why, look, that's why in your home, if you haven't already, you need to establish some, some boundaries, some perimeters in your home. And, you know, I, I think about so many times, you think about parenting. And, look, I'm not an authority, and, and certainly I wasn't the greatest of parents, but I want to give you something that, that I saw years ago that I thought was a blessing. And maybe, maybe as I go through this, and I won't spend a lot of time, I want you to think about maybe wherever you're at in life as a parent, what kind of parent am I or what kind of parent was I? And I want you to put yourself into this equation. Let me give you here the types of parenting styles. There's four of them. The first one is called the neglectful parent. This is one that is low in love and low in control. Now, sad to say, this is probably the most dominant parenting style in America today. The one that is low in love, low in control. This is the parent that avoids his children. He avoids uh, setting boundaries. The Bible says, Proverbs 29, 15, 
it gives us what the dangers of relaxed rules in a home, a lack of attention, lack of love. Look at this, the rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. See, children need discipline in their lives. And so one parenting style is neglectful. Look at number two, a second parenting style is called permissive. Now, this, this here is one that is high in love, but look, it's low in control. This is the parent that allows their children to lead the parent rather than the parent leading the children. I see this in a lot of homes. Uh, they, sometimes you even see parents to a point they fear their children. They're, as parents, they're very reluctant to tell their child no. Do you know sometimes Johnny needs to hear no? But this is another parenting style. Look, God didn't give you your children so that you can be their, their best friend. Now, you need to be a true friend. And if you want to be a true friend to your child, here's what you need to do. You need to be their parent. Don't be a permissive parent. Solomon gave a lot of advice to his son. Look at Proverbs 6.20. He says, my son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. And Solomon knew, look, if my child would just listen to that sound advice, you know what it would do? That instruction would help him or her to live a successful life. And I see a lot of parents who are very permissive with their children. Look at the third type of parenting style. It's called authoritarian. Authoritarian. Now, authoritarian is low in love, but high in control. I see this style a lot too. This is the parent that, listen, listen, don't misunderstand, they push their children to conformity, to fitting this certain mold that the parent wants them to be, but in trying to get them to conform, what they're doing is they're, they're, they're doing that more than leading that child to maturity. What we need to do as parents is focus on what is good for the child. This parent that is an authoritarian is one that focuses on the external behavior instead of the internal heart of that child. What God wants us to do is focus on the, on the growth, the heart of that child, and we need to reach our child's heart. Well, how do you do that? With love. You reach that child with love. Again, what does the Bible say? Provoke not your children to what? To wrath. So there are some parents that their style of parenting is authoritarian. But look at the fourth one. It's similar. It's called authoritative. Now, authoritative is, notice, high in love, but high in control. Now, I want you to look at this because this is the parent that lovingly fulfills his or her role. God-given responsibility to train their child in obedience. This is the one that directs their child's heart, not away from the Lord, but to the Lord. This is the kind of parent that you and I need to be according to the Word of God. Psalm 103, 13, like as a father pitieth his child, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. Now, again, this goes back to what? No matter what parenting style you are or what you've done, understand your children are a gift from God and God gave them to you, and you are to guard their hearts, guard their minds. But then I want you to notice the last thing he says here in verses 4 and 5. Look back and it says, as arrows are in the hand of a mighty man. Kind of interesting. 
he uses the analogy of arrows. He says, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver. You know what a quiver is? Yeah, where he puts his arrows, right? You know, so many people nowadays, they have like one child in the home. That's not having your quiver full, okay? It says here, they shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Now, here's what I want you to see is, is the analogy that he's giving here is the guidance of a child. See, that, that archer, and by the way, archery is still practiced today, but it's not as common. It was more used in battle and things like that years ago. But what they would do is reach in that quiver and they would take an arrow out. Now, most of those archers, they knew their arrows before they put them in the quiver. What they would do is they would pull that arrow out, and as they pull that arrow out and put it in the bow, they wanted to make sure that that arrow was going to fly straight and it was going to hit its intended target. Well, listen, when God gave me children, I know according to the Word of God how my children, God wants my children to go a certain direction. I don't want my children to fly off this way and fly off this way. I want them to fly in the direction God wants them to fly. You think about this this archer, they handcrafted these arrows. The tips had to be sharp. They had to be a balanced arrow. They had to be a, a, a certain weight. They had to be straight. And as parents, we are to give that much attention to the upbringing of our children. We ignore our children a lot of times. My children, you ask them, and again, if you do this, I'm not against you. My children never had a computer in their bedroom. They never had a television in their bedroom. You know, my children didn't go on the internet without me knowing about it. They didn't, have, uh, they, they, they didn't even have a cell phone until they were late in their teens. They didn't have a lot of the social media. You say, man, I, I wish I, I'm glad I didn't grow up in your house, you know. Well, you call me whatever you want, old-fashioned. I just believe that God gave me my children, and I was going to guard their hearts. Now, look, they're going to find it on their own, all right? with all that's out there. But here's what you need to see is, if we're going to give attention to our children, write it down. Children require shaping, just like those arrows. Hear, my children, the instruction of a father, attend to no understanding, for I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. We've got to provide boundaries. We've got to shape their lives. You know why? Because they're children. They don't know what's best for them. So they require shaping, and letter B, they require direction. See, again, arrows go towards a target. You know what children are? Here's one word. They're directionless. You ask kids, listen, I'm not even talking about little kids. You ask kids getting out of high school, what are you going to do now that you graduate high school? Oh, where are you going to go? Oh, what are you going to do the rest of your life? Oh, they're directionless. Look here, watch. But God's given your quiver and you take that arrow out and say, Lord, where do you want this child to go? I want them to go where you want them to go. See, they require direction. We need to point our children's hearts to Jesus. That's what we need to do. And we need to let our children live for the Lord. So look, here's what I want you to do. One thing, next week, here's what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach on. Next week's lesson is teaching eternal truths for today's challenges. Eternal truths for today's challenges, and then I got one last thing I want you to do. Every one of you, I want you to do your homework. See those questions I gave you? I want you to do your homework. Now don't go, oh man, 
hey, this is Sunday school, all right? And I just gave you homework from the Bible, and I want you to do your homework because, look, if you want to make your home work, then do your homework, all right? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the Word of God. Thank you for the foundation. Lord, help us to be loving parents, realize our responsibility. Lord, many of us have made mistakes as parents, and Lord, it's never too late to change some of the things that we've done. Help us to help our children that they would fly in the right direction. Lord, that they might have a purpose, and that purpose would be your will for their life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.